Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a good deal. Patrick? Yeah, it's for you. Okay, you gotta be quiet. There'll be dice coming. I'm gonna be doing this thing. You can't bring yourself to say the word podcast to your daughter. Your young, impressionable daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the show. Patrick, me and Jake have just finished recording, so uh, I'll send that over to you and you can edit it and send it out Perfect. if you would. That'd be great. Thank you. How was class today? It was great. I got a 95 on my Christology midterm. What were you a heretic on? I was a heretic on nothing. I talked about heretics, though. Well, I talked about Nestorius and Apollinaris. Well, was it were, written? You were five percent not perfect on your Christology. So oh, that's fair. I um, that makes you a heretic. I think I I forgot to mention that Saint Thomas uses the Apostles' Creed to condemn Nestorius, and that's what it was. And I was like, that 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 doesn't count because Nestorius. That was the re- oh wait no the Apostle never mind makes sense. That's awesome, dude. Thanks. I'm into it. I was I'm worried. proud of you. I'm gonna turn off my camera because I don't like all this flicking around. Yeah. No, Patrick, I am recording, just FYI. I'm also recording. Okay. Jake, are you recording? Uh, I am not recording. Okay, that's that's fine. You don't need to be. Okay. Thank you for being here, regardless. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Pat, what do we... Uh, do, you, do you have any business you need to take care of with Jake before we get going? None. No. Are you sure? What do we... What, okay. What's my... What, what business? Well, Jake said that, Jake said that we're going to do controversy today. Mm-hmm. Which I'm kind of I'm worried about, but it should be fun. Do you have any idea what I could be talking about? I have no, I have literally no idea. Wait, does Jake know what we're talking about? Did you read the texts? No. I suggested a couple of things. Jake got mad at me and he came up with a different idea. I didn't get mad. Oh, okay. It seemed like an aggressive, I felt bad when I read it. I was like, oh. Oh no, I was joking. i I mean, it, it's kind of, it was kind of true, but. It is true. And I feel bad for shoehorning you. Into a into a certain to talking about things that maybe you don't want to talk about. That's why we're here. I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Welcome to the Crunch. It is your boy Ethan? And I'm Patrick. We got our good friend Jake on the show, and Jake is here, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're just now discussing what we're talking about. We're gonna talk about we're, something we're, for sure. We're gonna talk about something for sure. If you guys don't know Jake, he's at Dadanista on Twitter. Um, we've had him on before. Jake, can you can you tell the people um, who maybe don't know? anything you'd like to tell them about yourself uh i'm i'm jake i nice. I, I live on the twitter uh and i'm a dad and i'm an easter <laughs> uh, that's it those are all the things those, those are the important things I, uh, is, like, a, is a neologism deriving from both dad and windows vista right that's what was that what was that word that you used a neologism it means a new word ah fun greek and latin roots baby back at it again like yep. it's seventh grade english 
Yes. It, it, yes. That is that is correct. It is, it is Dad and Windows Vista. <laughs> uh, or or some people will say it has to do with Tradnista, which is that's crazy. That's, that makes no sense. That defunct project that mm-hmm. three people were involved in. Who was the oh, magician running for president again? Mike Maturin. Yeah. Oh, Shout out it. Mike Maturin. I accidentally I dunked on him on Catholicism Reddit the other day. Why would you go on the Catholicism Reddit? And that place is a trash hole. I need to, I've been going on it less and less. So I went, uh, well, over this, the past couple of months. This, this kind of has something to do with what I, one of the things I want to talk about today. Oh, I, I went on um, over the weekend because I wanted to see uh, what some of the people were saying about the, the issues in um, Eastern Orthodoxy right now. Yeah. Um, and I was just reading a couple of comments and I, I screenshotted one and posted it on Twitter, but like, just, oh man, it's, it's bad. It's getting more and more rad trad by mm-hmm. the day. Well, it's like, it's, and I, like bad, and it's bad not, trad, excuse me, bad. Yeah. Trad. Well, and it's, it's, it's the sort of thing that it made me think about this. And I'm sure like your listeners probably have this, uh, or maybe think about this hopefully because you you know the, the college kids they listen to you um but like it just makes me think about how many like self-educated and like half educated people there are in the church that are like are basically authorities in their parish because everyone else is completely uneducated yeah yeah um and like and i when i was in college i mean i converted my freshman year of college i came to the church um and so like i had been catholic for like a month and like people were asking me all sorts of questions about things because like I, in the process of converting, I had like, you know, read books <laughs> and like, you know, like crazy, that, which not, elevates you immediately above 90% of the population. Right, exactly. And so I guess that's, that's just a crazy, a crazy thing to think about the, the culture in the church right now. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about the exact same thing the other day. Um, I kind of went on a rant on Twitter last night cause I was just frustrated with a lot of things. And, um, And then compounding that with like looking at online, which is just never a good idea. But the thing is, is that we're we're suffering a lot of problems right now because these people are, like you say, self-educated. And one of the things that I'm, I'm most sad about and the things that keeps me up at night is that these people don't, they value the intellectual side of the faith more than the relational side of the faith, like the community aspect. And so you have all these people who know everything about the faith because it makes sense right logically you can't dispute it because it's all it's all there um but they have never had a a, an encounter with a person who has shed light on those truths like they've never met anybody like it's all it's all from the online it's all self-taught and not say that that's bad i love that we have resources about the faith online but you can't it, it it's very rare that you have those personal I'm leading you to Jesus or you are leading me to Jesus in a, in a face-to-face situation, which results in the nasty things that we see on certain parts of Twitter and Reddit, you know? Yeah. And this it's is, just, a, this is the thing that I worry about. And like, I, I love, especially like, you know, especially the priests on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I love them. I think they're great. Father Dan came out yeah, and, and like Father Dan blessed our, our new house. Um, oh, that's so, so like, you know, it's, it's I love them. Um, but, you know, I think they're very good at this. Um, but, like, even with them, like, you see so many people, like, this 
sort of like curious cat culture or whatever, like of just like asking random mm-hmm. people online these mm-hmm. questions. Like it's better when you ask an actual priest. But like what you should be doing is like you should talk to your pastor about that. Yeah, you should. There's talk a church to, yeah. probably very close to where you live. You, you should. You should talk to your confessor. You should talk to your spiritual director about this. Like not some random person. Like not some random priest on the internet, and certainly not some random lay person on the internet. Down with the lady. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is a a clerical podcast. Cler- this is the clerical. This is not, this is not a clerical this podcast. Is, this is this is the uh, this is the uh, non clerically speaking. Did you hear them dunk on us the other day, Patrick? Uh, no, I didn't. Clerical pod. They uh, Father they Dan said this podcast is a waste of time or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, you could say that about any podcast." And then Father Harrison said, "You mean or Father Anthony?" said you mean the crunch and it was all like ah uh, you know who else dunked uh, on us recently i don't know if you saw this on twitter no i i haven't been on at all matt recently. frad dunked on us this week wait did he really yeah he wow. did he goes did he at the end of his Why? at the end of his latest episode he goes it's about anger and so he's like if you're angry at this podcast or no, so he's dro- he says drop the podcast a five-star review or if you're feeling angry, you can drop it a one star review. Actually, you know what? No, take your one star review over to the crunch. And I was like, "What?" No, it- I didn't know about it until someone uh, um, de- someone mentioned funny. us on on uh, on Twitter and was like uh, at the Crunchcast listening to this week's episode of Pints Aquinas. And I was like, "Oh crap!" Have you That's- have you have you noticed a an uptick in one star reviews? I don't know. We probably will. No, we we probably will get an influx because he commands an army of fifty thousand online do you know he get he gets fifty thousand downloads a uh, a day no that's crazy a day isn't that insane a day a day i'm not i'm not his podcast has more followers on twitter than i do yeah which is not which is is not usually a thing usually usually your podcast account has like a tenth of the followers you have yeah unless you're uh unless you're matt baker and his podcast account is just his main account (laughs) <laughs> that's true or luke it's so funny he's, or yeah luke just uses the catching foxes matt uh, matt baker's gonna be here in a few weeks though is he really is he yeah. coming to visit yeah he's coming to visit we're gonna go see a game i can i can <sighs> cut this out but jake where are you i want to come visit you i know you're in the east i live in uh well near clemson south carolina okay Green, i'll cut that out i'll make a note you know the yeah. clemson the tigers mm-hmm. terror of the uh the ncaaf <laughs> that's 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 where he lives it's uh it's it's pretty it's fun to be back like i you know the last like you know several years i was living away from clemson um and so when i was living in california arizona like i would every once in a while you'd see someone wearing like a clemson shirt or a yeah. hat or something and like you get so excited because like oh i want to go talk to this clemson person uh and like now that i'm back here around clemson like literally everyone everyone's wearing clemson stuff yeah it's like a candy candy store jake's running around do you know about clemson do you know about clemson tell me about clemson i have to like i have to like rein my like reaction and and not be like you know freak and and not react not freak out and like want to go talk to everyone wearing clemson stuff because like it's just normal normal here yeah yeah so So do you want me to cut out the thing about where you live or keep it in because we just had like a two-minute conversation on it okay gosh you're still you can, you can keep it. All right, all right, cool. Less, editing. I, I don't, I don't like editing, but I'll do it. Yeah. Wow. Proud of you. Um. Anyway, so speaking of controversial things, I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back yeah, to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. That's what um, we were talking about. Let's let's talk about um. Let's talk about people getting mad about canonization. Ooh. Okay. I'm in on this. Thank God. So I'm in on this. If you know, obviously you guys know this, but if anyone else, if you follow my Twitter, you know that I, uh, I stand Saint Oscar Romero. 
and there are and have been some people uh, upset about his canonization, which makes me angry. Um, it seems actually more people are upset about at least what I'm seeing. More people are upset about uh, Saint Paul the Sixth, which which is strange uh, to me. Which is also kind of weird, but it's, I'm not, it's strange. I'm not but sure. I do. I had I heard an argument from somebody that was explained a little bit why, and I could see where he was coming from. I don't agree I, with it. I, I I understand why, but uh, but especially for for me for Oscar Romero, um, he is like him. I'm, I'm so excited that he's a saint now. Like for the last like two and a half years, I've literally like read Romero almost every single day like he he, uh, he has been the really? saint. he's been the saint like by far closest to my heart over these last several years mm. uh, just like reading reading his homilies pretty much every day um give give us a logo so, and then like get, for for those of us who might for those of our listeners not me who don't really know that much about oscar romero <laughs> sure. um so yeah tell us about him yeah so oscar romero he was um the archbishop of el salvador um and his his story is really interesting. He was he was kind of selected uh, to be the archbishop because the curia sort of saw him as like a kind of middle of the road, you know, conservative choice. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he wasn't going to cause too many issues or make too many waves. But um, when he was when he became the archbishop, um, uh, El Salvador was under lots of uh, sort of civil conflict. Um, you know, right-wing militias and things like that. Um, and a, a priest was murdered, um, a friend of his, and this sort of, uh, you know, kind of radicalized him in a lot of ways. Understandably. Uh, that tends to and happen so he, when your friends are murdered. Yeah. Right. And so he, you know, he he took, you know, he was giving his homilies and he, he spoke on the radio, uh, basically, you know, and spoke out against all this violence and, and things like that. And so you know, the government, you know, sort of the right wing government, you know, was trying to like label him as a communist and, and things like this. And so eventually it, um, after a few years of, of being the Irish, he was assassinated uh, during mass. Um, mm. And so the sort of controversy around this um, is there are people who want to say that he's not actually a martyr. What? Um, yes. So Wait, he was, he was killed during mass. Like as he was, yeah. Is that like, yes. I heard like, that right? He, yes, like he was you know, <laughs> he just finished giving his homily. Um, wow. And and so well, you know, the argument that people give on this is yes, he was killed. You know, he's a, obviously he's a bishop. He was killed while saying mass, but the the assassination was not religiously motivated. Like he wasn't killed. You know, the, the phrase in Odin fide. Like he was he wasn't killed out of hatred and faith, he was killed for political reasons. And, you know, so the argument is that this, mm. this means he's not a martyr. Um, and I think it's interesting to just kind of tie it in my, my confirmation saint. So another, one of the other saints who's closest to my heart is St. Maximilian Colby. I was just about to bring him up. Yeah. Cause the same controversy um, happened with him. Exactly. The, the Maximilian Colby had a, a similar controversy about whether or not he could be classified as a martyr. Um, because, you know, he was killed in the concentration camp. Um, <laughs> Which is just it's, just the base. This the, is ridiculous. The fact to that me. this controversy even exists is stupid. All of us sitting in our sitting in our very very comfortable houses, not really having to face death or even kind of being annoyed by things uh, uncomfortable at all. We're like, hmm. I don't know if that person who was starved to death by the Nazis oh. is technically 
heroically and even virtuous. On like a, <laughs> a more basic level than that, it's like if you read, if you know anything uh, Peter, at all, right? <laughs> killed by the Romans who didn't believe in the faith right but right. you can't tell me that the roman persecution of the christians was not politically motivated right. in some well, so, and so this is the interesting thing. like that's just that's just ridiculous and so uh carver muller who is the the prefect of the congregation for the doctrine of faith uh um, he he uh i mean he he has a, a great piece in first things he talks about this but he uh was was involved in in this process um of the canonization uh and over this argument of whether or not he was a martyr. And so um, he was able to persuade Pope Benedict and Pope Francis to advance the cause. When talking about this martyrdom, his question was, whose motivation are we talking about? Whose motivation matters? Uh, and so he was basically saying, like, you can't really ever definitively determine the motivation of the perpetrator of the mm-hmm. martyrdom. Um, what really matters is is the victim's attention, is Romero's attention. Uh, and so he says, like, and if you look at you know, who, what's the prototype of every martyrdom, like it's, it's Christ. Yeah. And so um, it's the, the motivations of the executioners of the Romans is not what gives Christ's death on the cross. It's, it's, uh, it's meaning. Yeah. That would be, that would be very problematic uh, to say that, that is, sin makes someone a saint. Right. So like he, like Christ is the, is the priest of his own sacrifice. He is the one who lays his life down. If, if what mattered was the intention of the people who killed him, that would have made the Romans, the priests of Christ's sacrifice. Yeah, no, thanks. Yikes. So, so I thought, I thought that that argument was just so profound uh, to me to, to think about it that way. That, Definitely. That's pretty you know, much a slam dunk, it, honestly. I think so. Cock it back and throw it down, Jake. Yeah, whenever uh, whenever but, someone's like, I don't know if he was uh, technically a martyr, you're like, oh, uh, you think you think Satan makes people martyrs? Hmm? You think <laughs> Satan is what canonizes people? That's interesting. You're a yeah, bad person. Well, yeah, that's totally true. Uh, but, but but anyway, so I I just thought that was interesting. Um, but just in so that that aspect of the of the debate of whether or not Romero or Maximilian Colby are martyrs. Um, I think that's interesting, uh, but just in general, um, this idea of, of people being upset about the canonizations, I think, is interesting. Um, and it's it's. I don't want to make it sound like I haven't had my own questions in the past about the prudence of canonizing certain people, um, because I it, I feel like people try and make this out to be like there's two sides to this debate, like this person is in heaven or they're not <laughs> like, yeah, with where there's like, there's really little things that you can say like, okay, well, like I, I agree that canonizations are infallible and you know, this person's in heaven, but you know, a part, another part of canonization is that like, you're saying these people have exhibited, you know, heroic virtues worthy of emulation, uh, you by know, the whole in, church. In the, by the whole church. And so like, I can, I can kind of see how there's certain arguments on that, on that level. Um, but just in general, like there's another person that we know is in heaven. And you can ask to pray for you. Yeah. Like how awesome is that? It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Who cares you know, what we think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I and, would, I would definitely say that the object of canonization is like, 
yeah, sure. Um, declaring that someone has lived a holy life worthy of emulation by the whole church is very important, but it's secondary to this right. person is in heaven. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, and not only that this, like this person is heaven it has already exhibited through miraculous intervention, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their, their, their intercession on, on earth. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw Matthew Walther's piece about, um, about St. Paul the six, but he, you know, he kind of talks about this. He, he says that, uh, obviously it wasn't part of the, you know, canonization process, but he says that, uh, St. Paul the six saved his, his son's life, you know, through his intercession. Wow. Uh, you know, just things like that. Like, however you may or may not feel about these individuals or the reasons mm-hmm. for, for them being canonized, like. They're a saint in heaven. They intercede before the throne of God on our behalf. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And another thing too, is like, we're looking at this, especially with um, St. Oscar Romero is the, we're looking at it from a white American mm-hmm. wealthy perspective, right? Relative to the El Salvadorian people who it, it is very possible that his canonization leads so many more souls you know, from, from that area of the world to heaven. Absolutely. Right. Then, yeah. then we could even fathom. Right. So we're over here being like, I don't think he should be a saint. Blah, 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 blah. It's like you, we don't have the cultural context um, to understand the significance of his canonization and what it means for those people and what it can do for the church in that, in that country. Absolutely. And so we're over here poo pooing it, <laughs> but we don't even like same with same with Paul the Six, right? The exact same, like we forget sometimes that the canonizations are for the entire world mm-hmm. um, to to look at these examples of heroic virtue in every different aspect of life and showing how we can live the faith in a radical way. Um, because everybody has different saints that will strike them right in different yeah. ways. They're not they're not all for. I mean, they all are all for everybody, but some will will take a liking to more than others. You don't have to have this intense, deep relationship with every single canonized saint. Um, you will eventually, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but that's just kind of impractical at, at this point in our life, and so it's. I think we forget that that worldwide scope sometimes, and we just want someone who's like us, so that we can feel more justified in how we're living, <laughs> you know. And we don't have to change, right? Yeah. Because there are things about his life and things about uh, Saint Paul the Sixth life that are challenging to us as Americans, you know, in 2018. Yeah, and we don't we don't like that. Well, and that's the thing too. Like, and you know, Saint Paul VI and Oscar Romero were, as far as I can tell, sort of the two big saints that got canonized. Yeah, but there were others. Second. There were five other ones too. And it's like yeah, you know, we don't even know. Like, I yeah, I I should have done more to to research them too. But like, there, I'm sure there are so many people who are just as excited about one of those other saints that I don't even know who got canonized this past weekend who are just as excited about them as I am about Oscar Romero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing about this church, uh, about, about our church. Uh, but I just want to give, I want to give you guys one. If anyone's interested, um, you could just go on Twitter and search from Danista and Romero. And there's a ton of Oscar Romero quotes cause I'm always tweeting them. Uh, but what I just want to share, it's one of my favorites. Um, he said, he said, earthly heroisms cannot attain the heights of a saint. That is my, my ambition for you and for me to be great, ambitiously great because we are God's images and we cannot be content with mediocre greatness. Wow. So mediocre greatness. That's, that's such a good, I know it's so striking because Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. know, that, that sort of oxymoron right there. Yeah. Uh, How often do we settle for that? mm -hmm. 
every day or strive for it <laughs> yeah true oh, yeah absolutely yeah i mean this was this was a big motivator in john paul ii's pontificate if you go have you ever been to the jp2 shrine in dc i've not you've not no. okay so there's this 30 foot by 30 foot room that's just wall to wall with every person that he beatified or canonized and it's just mm-hmm. i mean ton of heavy hitters right flames katiri tekawitha or however you say it tekawitha <laughs> and um yeah so <laughs> a ton of people uh saint josephine bakita yeah right and and his his mission was to canonize someone from like every country mm-hmm. um and like that's not outlandish right i mean i think he understood the church is more global than a bunch of really holy dudes in italy right and so a bunch of yeah really yeah, holy dudes right. in italy not gonna not gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. hate on my boy saint francis but but yeah i mean i mean how awesome is it that saint unipero sarah and saint elizabeth ann seton are in the capitol building right now like their statues are mm-hmm. in the capitol building we they, they, that 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 is going to do something for america's sanctification um may it may it come Hopefully. quickly uh, <laughs> yeah. you know and we we can't we can't just discount saints that aren't ours because we don't really understand them um and i also just hate that people hating on oscar romero it's just it's just because we're so political it is it's a political i mean it, as much as as much as we say his assassination was just political the hatred mm-hmm. of him not hatred of him but like the the uh distaste for him is political as well Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. It seems like, and who knows? I, mean, I, I only, I can only speak from, you know, an American perspective, uh, but it seems like everything that happens in the church or everything Pope Francis says, hmm. like the, the, the factions in this church, you know, the people in the media, whatever, like they want to filter it into like, Oh, what does this mean in terms of American politics? I'm like, uh, I, I, uh-huh. I doubt like, Maybe there's some exceptions, but like in general, I doubt Pope Francis is was thinking about Republicans or Democrats when he said this thing. I hope he wasn't. So like, no, just, like there are 270 other countries that he's talking to. Right. Every, <laughs> every time he speaks, he has to think about 270 other countries. And this is dude, this is just this is just the sort of Americanism, you know, just like we think the world revolves around us, uh, sort of sort of thing where everything that happens has to get filtered in and, and has to do with what we're dealing with here because we're Americans and we're the most important. And right. so I think, I think that's the, in a lot of ways um, something that drives people crazy about Pope Francis mm-hmm. uh, is that he, you know, he, he very much has his own concerns about things. And so, you know, and I, I can understand frustrations. I have some of my own, but like, you know, especially with things like the, the controversies and, uh, scandals that we're dealing with here in our domestic church. Um, I, as much as anyone want and ho- want the Vatican to step in and, and, and deal more definitively with a lot of this stuff. Uh, but, but the American church is not the like, you know, the church in America is not the church mm-hmm. and there yeah. are, there are other things, other things going on. And, but we, but we think that our, our issues and the things that are important to us should be the most important to everyone else as well. And that's something that's that's cultural in addition to being political. So like we live in the the fast paced twenty four hour news cycle, social media refresh, like and I should be able to get some new information on this thing right away. Um and our politics are informed by that culture. So you have Democrats and Republicans that are always responding and attacking and responding and attacking and defending and like it's a constant just pile of junk that's being 
pushed into us, right? And so that's what we as Americans have come to expect is quick responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the the I don't know how the rest of the world works, but I presume it's not exactly like that. Yeah. And the Vatican definitely is not like that. Pope Francis has been sitting on the dubia for <laughs> a, a minute, you know? He's yeah. been sitting on the Vigano letters for a minute. And he's he's allowed to do that because he's the Pope. Well, and I, I think it was – I think this is a, an old Mark Shayism. Um, but he I, – I remember this was like 10 years ago when I used to read him a lot more. But he, he had a phrase. He would, he would reference the Ensign Rome. Uh, and I thought that was just – uh, so very apt that you know the you, know, you think about the War of the Rings and how frustrated Mary and Pippin were when dealing with the Ents and like mm-hmm. how how slowly they deliberate and deal with everything just you know because to them what is a few minutes or a few hours or a few days to these and like that's kind of what dealing with the Vatican is like. Yeah. Dang. I, and I don't know too much about American politics, or excuse me, Vatican politics. I don't know much about American politics either, but <laughs> I don't know a ton about Vatican politics, but I, I think it's an unfair um, standard to hold. Mm-hmm. I also think that there may be internal problems that are inside the Vatican, that corruption and those types of things that need to be rooted out. I I don't know for sure, but I'm not going to presume anything and I'm not just going to assume like, Oh, it's, it's, it's the lavender mafia. They're, they're slowing this thing down. It's like, why would you No, I'm not going to assume that because I don't, a healthy skepticism is okay. Especially with all these things that are going on. We want to be aware and we don't want to have blinders on, but at the same time, I don't want to walk around being suspicious of my own church. Like I, I don't know how to to address that and deal with that. It's weird. So, I mean, this is a thing that you see a lot. And this was, again, it just, it may be blown up just because of the circles that I ran in. Uh, But these arguments about, you know, what's appropriate in terms of how we criticize the Pope or things like that. Um, And I, I I think this tweet is lost to uh, deletion because I occasionally delete all my tweets, but um, (laughs) it is a good thing. Um, But, you know, it's like, I'm I'm of the opinion right now that like the only thing that Catholics need to know about the Pope is his name so that you can pray for it. <laughs> uh, like there's there's like a smaller number of people who like you know should like that are reading encyclicals and things like that, and even smaller number of people who like are aware or sh- you know should maybe be aware of like the actual politics of of the Vatican. But like in general, if I think Catholics could do could do to like know less about the pope which maybe sounds weird it is Uh, it's a good i like it but like that's that i mean like that's what the relationship with the average catholic was throughout most of history like they they you they prayed for him in the mass they like they mentioned his name uh in the mass and like that was it and And they made this they they made his name super easy to remember so everyone could remember (laughs) exactly um like i think i think people would be well served to that but like and this is, I think, another sort of American thing, but like we think of the Pope as like a boss of a company, like a CEO, absolutely, or, or yeah, and not as like our father. Mm. And so, like, even if you have issues with him, like, I if I have an issue with like my boss, um, or like so, or like not even my boss, but like the boss of a company that I deal with and whatever, like 
the way I publicly talk about that situation is very different than like how I would probably talk about me having some sort of disagreement with my own father. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, there's not, again, not to say that like you can never question your father, like your father or, or what they're doing or things like that. But like, I think you kind of have to recontextualize and approach it in a, in a different way uh, because he is, he is your father. And especially like uh, keep your audience in mind. Um, it's the sort of thing where like, you know, like, well, you, you can't talk about him that way. Only we can talk about him that way. Um, but like, especially when you're in public, like saying things about the Pope in, in mixed audiences in front of Protestants or, you know, or, or atheists or whatever, uh, that I think that's different also than talking about the Pope in certain ways in front of other Catholics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cause like, you know, if, if you're having a family disagreement, you know, you you have a disagreement over the dinner table uh you don't have it out you know out in the middle of a restaurant for everyone else to <laughs> you know to to overhear what you're what you're saying bless you yeah it stays within the family <laughs> Wait, that was definitely right, exactly. a dog right yes it, definitely, it, okay. it was. <laughs> hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And that's the thing about going online is like anybody's online. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. all have followers who are Protestant, agnostic, atheists, you know, whether we know it or not, right? I'm not going to pretend that everybody that follows me is 100% catholic and believes everything mm-hmm. i vet all of my followers and make sure they're 100 percent loyal to at pontifex yeah, yeah i i uh, block everyone if if they are <laughs> if it doesn't explicitly say they're catholic on their profile yeah that's that's the thing and so when when we have these conversations and sometimes especially on twitter it's it's easy because we think like oh i'm just ta- talking to jake mm-hmm. um or i'm just talking to patrick but there's there's lots of people that see that yeah and that we have to be aware of how we talk about the Pope, of how we talk about the faith. I mean, I'd stay pretty hands off, except, I mean, maybe I got a bit too fired up about the youth synod, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you yeah, guys, I try to stay aware of that sort of thing. I don't know. Have, yeah, you, don't, and you have, definitely you, don't. have you guys done an episode about that? No. Um, did we? No, I mean, I we, we talked about the pre-synod with Katie when she came on. Yeah, but things are a lot different now. Yeah. I think. Do we want to just, 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 just throw all the controversial things into one episode? No. I kind of do. Yes, back <laughs> let's you, do it. No I, one second. No I want to dunk on one Peter five real quick. First, I, okay. you definitely you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's he, literally he, my favorite he, thing in the world. Well, one okay. time, I but he he was the person. He was the person. By the way, I was referencing in terms yeah. of his his batter meritics. So. So uh, one time I was on Facebook and my friend posted an article about one Peter five by one Peter five. And 
this is a good example of of thinking you're talking to just your friend but it turns out you're talking to everybody in the world um i said one peter five more like one piece of hot garbage and then my friend proceeds to tag the guy who runs the freaking (laughs) website and also an affiliate of the organization who happens to be the director of theology at franciscan not Gahan, not another professor. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh crap. Turns out Dr. Shrilla, nicest guy on the planet. He was like talking to me about it or whatever. But but a, a, gen, a, a gentleman, um, the gentleman who runs the, the website, he was like, oh, I see what you have a name? podcast. Do you want to come on? And do you want me to come on and like debate you about this publicly? And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, not. Steve, I do not want to have. <laughs> Steve needs to get a life. Steve, I don't want him to come on the podcast because. I feel like it's just going to get really angry and no one else, no one's going to want to listen to that episode. So oh, yeah, anyway, but anyways, no, I'm, I'm sure everyone has already tuned out. So let's get, let's get, let's talk about the youth in it. Talk about the youth in it. No one, no one's listening right now. It's just, no, us. yeah, it's just us. It's just us here. We don't have, nobody's listening. That's atheist agnostic. Nobody's, we actually do have a couple uh, of those listeners, like people who have let me know, like, Hey, I'm, or my friends from, from college be like, Hey, I'm agnostic, but like, I listen to your podcast. It's kind of crazy. So well, the, the, important, the important, the important, if you're absolutely so not faithful, is, just send us a message. Yeah. I want to hear from you. Anyway, go on, Jake. I was say the important thing as long as there's no old people listening. <laughs> oh, sorry, Grandma. <laughs> Love you. Actually, my uh, my I was I was at dinner at my parents' house over the weekend, uh, and my grandpa mentioned that for some reason my grandpa Googled me, and my uh, episode of Roman Circus podcast came up, and oh, so he listened to that. That's so funny. Did they put your last name on it? Uh. Maybe I think Maybe we did. just we just put we just put Jake last name. That's you put name. Jake last name the last time you were on. Do you want that yeah. again? Yeah, sure. Oh, sick! I love it. Jake last name part two. Um, did you know? I was just thinking about this. You're you're the oldest guest we've ever had. I think. no, we've had the Cotters. No. on. They're older than you. Sorry, uh, the Cotters are older than me. It's, I I think Katie's older than I am. Is she? I think so. She only has one kid. I just kind of use kids as metric, which probably is not that's not a good best. <laughs> as a general gauge. You know, I'm pretty. I mean, look, we're like roughly the same age, but I'm pretty sure Katie's older than I am. Yeah. Wow. Well, we haven't had anyone. We're in the the upper half. I'm not that old. Have we only had millennials and younger on the podcast? Am I older than the Glazes? Oh no! Wait, we do have a lot of old people. I mean, young people on the podcast. No, you're definitely you're definitely older than Jake. How old are you? Are you 30 yet? No, I am 28. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, we've never had someone older than 30 on the podcast. <laughs> we've had the wait, Cotters wait, on. Wait, wait, yeah, you're right. We definitely have. And we also had Mark, and he's definitely way older than Oh, the Mark Hart. Yeah, oh, Mark Hart's way old. Sorry, uh, I no, just totally Matt, forgot all of Matt, our guests. Matt Baker is, <laughs> Matt Baker is 34. Wait, I no. I thought Matt Baker was like 23. No, Matt Baker's 34. One second, one second. What is every single one of our guests' social security number? Because I, I was... <laughs> Because I because I I know I've been trying. I've been how old's trying Teresa? To, how old's Teresa? I've been trying to set up set up Matt with some dates, uh, and so I I've, I've been looking for some nice uh, single women in their early thirties. If you want to do the same for me, that'd be great. In single like, women in their early thirties in like seven to eight months. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know plenty of single women in their early thirties. Great for you, thank Ethan. you. Just for you. Yeah, just I'm for really me. glad no one's I'm, listening to this podcast. I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> youth synod. Let's get it. Okay, so. Well, we just tackled the most popular topic for the youth, finding yeah. your future mm-hmm. spouse. Oh, gosh, we really did it. I hate Jake, praise. what are your thoughts? What have you What have you seen? What have you seen that you like? What have you seen that you don't like? From I have my thoughts. It? Yeah. Um, I've, on, I've done my best to avoid most of it, but... <laughs> so uh, now we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> you know, all of us, like, we don't really know too much about it, but... 
so I and with with all due respect to Katie, who I don't know super well, but I I like her. Um, it I just I understand what she's saying about how important it is to have to care about the the young voices. Mm-hmm. From what I can tell, like it's the sort of thing where the old people in the Vatican are like presenting these these things and like they're like listening to young people talk but like they don't like they're speaking a different language and so like they filter it through their their boomer brains mm-hmm. and like represent it as like what they think the young people are saying yeah um that's that's like maybe the most charitable i could make it so i'm I, I'm, I'm worried about there's an account on twitter that's called you oh, is it is it accurate because if it is it's terrifying uh i believe it is Oh no! I, I guess I, I guess I haven't seen actual confirmation, uh, but I think it's bad enough that it seems accurate. Yeah, there's yeah, certain like, words that I've seen strung in a certain order that I'm like, there's no way this could be. There's one that says right. secularization is not something we should be opposed to. Yeah, <laughs> like it's almost like a like a bot that strings words together. But if it's real, then it's real. Anyway, Patrick, I hope that say? sentence was people who think secular, condemning people who think secularism is not something we should be opposed to, because that changes the meaning of the sentence. I hope it they're does. not just like out of contexting things, and they might be like purposefully. But one that, I, one that I found was um, this is a full sentence, so it's definitely not out of context. But we propose that the story of Saint Therese of Lisieux, who was attracted to all particular vocations, even priesthood, but found unity in all of them. <laughs> What? But found the unity of all of them in love as a wonderful illustration of this principle. What? And okay, so taking taking this apart, would you like some Saint, dressing with that word salad? Saint Therese of Lisieux. Yeah, welcome to the world of church documents. Um, addressing Therese of Lisieux. Yes, she did have a particular. She was attracted to all vocations, even priesthood, in the sense that she was like, "Dad, gum. I wish I could be a priest. Unfortunately, I can't. Obviously, but I'm still going to like devote my life to the priestly mission of like praying for the in, through praying for priests, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then they say, "So like because she did that and found unity in all of them, we see that as a lovely illustration of this principle." And they don't say what the principle is, and I was like, "Oh no, what principle? What principle do you mean? Like it could be any principle. It could be it could be like the principle that we should have women priests, or the principle that that was the worst case scenario in my head. But I, I doubt that that's what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, there's five thousand bishops in the world. One of them wants there to be women priests. You know. At least well, one. Uh, it's more more than one. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's 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 tough because um, in a lot of ways I kind of agreed with Archbishop Chaput, um that we should cancel it. That we should have canceled it. <laughs> yeah, because and it, it's hard for me. And like I feel in it, it sucks that I feel like I have to like make all of like provide all these caveats and like qualifications when I say things like this, but like. I am like I I take my faith very seriously like I you know I go to mass and go to confession and like all these things like I am a serious Catholic um and I you know I believe in the promises that Christ gave to his church but I my my confidence and uh, support for the leadership of the church is at an all-time low mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that his argument that they at this point sort of lack all credibility, uh, I agree with that. And so I just I don't think it's a great time. And so like and I again I like I listened to Katie's 
podcast last week um, because she tagged me in it because they talked about one of my tweets, which uh, anyone who has a podcast, if you want to listen to your podcast, just tag me uh, <laughs> and talk about me and I'll the podcast. Um, but just, you know, like I, I agree that a lot of people seem to be like going into this and like looking for stuff from the Senate and like hoping to like take whatever they can find and like twist it and twist it, view it through a negative lens. Uh, and I don't think that's good, but I also think that like the bishops and the church need to understand that like that's going to happen just because of wherever like the the current environment in the church is leading to that, and like maybe you should be aware of that and take a step back and wait until people are are better disposed to listening to what you have to say. Mm. I mean, did you did you read the uh, the priest and all document? I did. Uh, and what are your thoughts? It it was a big. I mean, maybe this sounds right. It was a big nothing burger to me. <laughs> yeah, like it. It just. It, I don't feel like it said anything. I don't anything at all or anything new. Oh, sorry. Uh, I guess anything new. Yeah, because I don't really um, think it said anything new. However, anything new to me, like to my understanding of how. That, that's that's, that's, that's evangelization works, and I think I think that perhaps there are definitely people in the institutional church who are very out of touch with how mm. one-on-one evangelization may work, um, or they may have forgotten, or they may not know how it looks in the new. Did you, isn't yeah. that crazy? How Did you can you, be in the church and like forget how to talk about the gospel? I mean, I forget how to pray because all the time. Well, yeah, that's different because it's the gospel is the gospel. Like that's why we're here. That's why we're doing. That's any of true. It's <laughs> like it's it's literally Jesus came to to restore us to relationship with God, and like that's what we're doing, and that's what we're living. And you you're telling me that these priests and bishops and cardinals who have been priests, bishops, and cardinals for decades just forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that. Makes me angry. Like I mean, that, you get you get sidetracked, right? Like you you kind of yeah, you, you like, kind of get preoccupied paperwork. with the things of the world, you know. And paperwork, you, climbing the ladder. You get you get busy uh, having your your mansions and uh, <laughs> going on TV, talking yeah. to Stephen Colbert. Um, so I shaking hands, rubbing elbows, kind of going. I mean, coming with that with like just the evangelization and essential sort of thing. I'm interested, especially you, Ethan, given your um, current job. Yeah. Uh, did you see, I know you're not on Twitter as much. Did you see Father Harrison's thread uh, a couple days ago about, you know, missionary discipleship? No, I didn't, but Ooh, I, Ethan, I am very interested. Buckle up for this one. I can just get his tweets straight to my phone. Yeah, there is. I don't, I don't like having the app on my phone. And when I go and I check, there's just so much to sift through. There you needs to be like highlights. You can subscribe to Twitter texts and you can only get notifications from one person's mm-hmm. tweets, but you'll get all of their tweets. I don't want all of Father Harrison's tweets. I just want his threads because his threads are always so good. Yeah. Um, right now. Yeah. So he, um, if you can't find it, I can send you a link real quick, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but he, he basically has this thread where he's talking about, he's starting to sort of doubt, or question, you know, sort of the, the missionary discipleship movement. Interesting. Um, and it has, you know, has to do with, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that he's, he's read in, in Ratzinger. Yeah. Uh, but basically that, that it, it can lose. And I'm, I'm sure you, there's, you have an answer to this, but um, the way that 
the movement sort of is presented that it sort of loses the sort the sacramental character of the church. Mm-hmm. I can definitely mm-hmm. see where he's coming from. I read the whole thread and like I almost typed out a response, but I was like, you know what, podcast. Um, because like honestly, it's not something that I mean. There's a reason he had to do it in a thread. This isn't something that you can, um, just you know tweet about back and forth and then solve, um, in like one in one measly little tweet. But yeah, when when I when I was a freshman in in college, um, my my good buddy Blake, shout out Blake, now Father Blake. He, he we had a phone call about being a theologian and he was like, I want to give you some advice on what this means for you now that you're stepping into this theology role. Right. And he said, like, Joseph, he quoted Ratzinger and he said, like, if you want to understand Ratzinger's theology, just I'm going to just boil it down to like two words, incarnational evangelization. Um, he's like, he's like this the- theology is focused on the incarnation. And I've, I've kept that with me and I've like held on to it throughout Which, my studies, by the way. That's that's one of the things that focus teaches us as like a main core virtue or value, yeah. value of like what we. Do I don't think Father Harrison's so. critique was that focus never uses the word incarnation. Oh, I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to defend. I'm not. I don't think focus is under attack. I'm just letting you know that. Oh, okay, foreign. okay. But I think I think that there's there's something that's lost in translation of like, well, what does incarnational mean? Definitely. Does it mean that we just focus on the human or does it mean that we focus on the incarnation the way Christ did it? And the way Christ was incarnated was through Mary who is a type of the church. So we need to incarnational evangelization needs to come to the church. However, my response to father Harrison would be all evangelization everywhere. Even Protestant evangelization is powered by grace. And the only source of grace on earth is Christ's action within the church. And so there's literally no evangelization that can happen regardless of what form it takes without some kind of incarnational spirituality, at least latent within the person. So like the person doesn't may not be aware that they're imitating Christ, but they are. And I just think that the methods of evangelization that we use are more indicative of the time rather than the theology that we're teaching. Right. Mm -hmm. So like scholastics go at it with scholastic method, right? Like, but we're, we're not, we're not going to sit down and debate our friends over coffee unless we're like really nerdy. Um, one of the, one of the things that the youth synod, the pre-synod brought up was, um, the starved, the star being starved of relationship. And like, that's where, that's where a lot of the youth in the world stand globally is being starved of relationship. And so mm-hmm. that means that they need to not only be formed in how to have a relationship with Jesus, but also how to have a relationship first and foremost. And I think that's what missionary discipleship does is it tries to catch people up in that human formation because grace builds on nature. Yeah. I think that's great. Thanks. Uh, and it, the the, it, the one that that part that bit you said about you know incarnational and especially being through Mary that made me think of another Romero quote. Um, ah, full circle. Saint Oscar Mary says the, the true homage that a, a Christian can give to Mary is like her to make an effort to incarnate God's life in the fluctuations of our fleeting history. Mm. That can you say it one like, more time? Sorry. The true homage that a Christian can make to Mary is like her to make the effort to incarnate God's life in the fluctuations of our fleeting history. Wow. And so, and this is what I think was, is so great about Romero that he's, he's all about making, you know, about, about the church and his whole thing is about Christ and the church entering into history and, and getting, getting involved with it, uh, wherever that is. Um, and I think, I think that's an, a, an important thing for us today is, is in, in, like you said, with, 
you know, the sort of things that focus do. Mm -hmm. Um, that's about getting involved in, in history and where people are right now. Okay. I want you guys to buckle up. I I read the, I read the thread and I was listening to Patrick talk at the same time. Mm, Interesting. Multitasking. (laughs) Sorry. I have, I have thoughts on this. This is so, I I agree that a lot of times it can get way it is I don't not it can get it almost always without exception is too programmatic um the way that churches parishes newman centers um apostolates all of them are uh programmatic um with the understanding that each individual evangelizer will be taking the bare bones of that program and adapting it relationally to like a person. Um, and so that's kind of how they get around. Oh, we're not programmatic. Like you, you just, you, it's you, like you're the one with the relationship. Each relationship is different. Um, but the materials and everything that they give us heavily points towards being programmatic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not trying to dunk on focus, but these, these are just the facts. And here's things that we talk about in our team. We've talked about with our regional director. It's like, how can we avoid falling into that trap? Yeah. And because it's so easy just to like fall back on, oh, well, like these are the Bible studies that they give us. So these are the ones that we're going to use. And like, these are the, the things that we talk about at training. So we're just going to stick to that. We're not really going to try and grow and learn outside of those things, outside of like the books that they tell us to read and like all of the stuff. Um, and so I think it all goes back again to what Patrick's saying is relationship, right? The campus that I'm at right now over the past couple of weeks, something that's made me really, really sad and like legitimately brought me to tears um, is the fact that the pe- the students here don't care about other people. Oof. They are entirely wrapped up in their own studies, their own accomplishments, their own careers, their own resumes. And there's no, we t- kind of talked about this podcast last week, there's no room for friendship. There just isn't. And so all of a sudden, when you have a group of people, an entire generation of students that are so focused on work or on the opposite end of the spectrum, so focused on their own pleasure that they don't have any room in their lives for true relationship, then it's like, well, what else do I do besides execute this program? If they, mm-hmm. if they, if they don't have time for a relationship with me, like what, what else am I, a full-time missionary, supposed to do? Like how do I even begin to attack that. And the answer yeah. is it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot, a lot of time. 90% of my time is spent with the same four or five guys, or at least trying to spend it with them because that's, that's what's going to change things. Um, the question being for all people who are in ministry, the people who want to evangelize, the people who want to be missionary disciples is, do you care enough about these people's souls that it would it will bring you to tears when they're in a state of mortal sin, when they're not in right relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. Will you cry like how Jesus cried for Lazarus? Like, are does are you at that point? And I think before we even talk about how to make things not programmatic, we need to talk about our own personal. Like, do we even care enough about people's souls mm-hmm. to execute a program? that is aiming at saving people's souls, let alone diving into a relationship, building community and ultimately leading people to the sacraments. Cause that's what it's about. That's where we're going to encounter God in a, in a 
in an ordinary way, not ordinary, you know what I mean, in the, in the way that God wants us to encounter him, right? It all leads towards the church and to the sacraments and ultimately to the Eucharist, mm-hmm. which is what it all points to. But we don't even have the basic foundation of being friends with each other. And so that's where the, the programmatic stuff all comes into play. At least that's what I've seen kind of in my time. In fact, sorry, that was really long, but that's no, what you, I think about. all. You bring this. up a good point. It's like the, I mean, it's, it, go, it goes back to like, what, what does it mean to be a fisher of men, right? You mean, okay, so, so cool. We're, 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 we're in a boat. Somehow we went from being fish to being people now. We're in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew where the, where does the, where does the trend? I, I guess at baptism, you become a person and not a fish. Um, we're standing in the boat, right, and we're we're trying to get fish into the boat, and we got to use a net, right? And the net is the the boat is the church. We're the we're the people, not the fish. And the net is something that is that is something that's necessary for fishing, it's but necessary. it's not a part of the boat. <laughs> but it's not a part of the boat, right? We need to use something that's like not necessarily essential or like a necessary part of the church, because you can you can you could kill focus tomorrow, and the church will still exist. Definitely will mm-hmm. be worse off. But if focus just ceased to kill, exist tomorrow, I can kill focus tomorrow and do the exact same thing. Yeah, like, just do it. Focus is a is a vehicle to which I can do the work that I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, continue. Yeah, and so and so like it just it just over time, right? There, I don't remember where I read this, but it's like um, Peter and James. Um, I don't know Peter and Andrew were like fishing, and James and John were mending the nets when Jesus found them. And so these are like two modes of these are two modes of like interacting with the church. Like one is like catching the fish and then the other is mending the nets. Right. And so we need to be constantly doing both. We need to actually be evangelizing. We need to be analyzing our net. Like, right. Like, how are we how are we evangelizing? That's why I think this thread was good. But it's like, all right, cool. What is missionary discipleship? Uh, It's against programs. Right. It's like it's against just programmatic evangelization. But is it becoming a program? I think that's a very good point. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good, that's a good like hole in the net. Like that might be where some fish get out. Cause they're like, you know what? He's just putting into me because I, I literally got a book in the mail the other day. I'm not going to say what it is or by who, but the, the tagline or like the material that came with it is with these five steps, you too can create disciples of Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not joking. Yeah. It's, that's sorry, Patrick, I interrupted you, but no, I, I think, think that, I know what book you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's interesting. So we have to constantly. You're right. Like, be looking at that and trying to. How do we not fall into that trap? Anyway, Jake, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. I'm going to give one more Romero quote, and then I have to go make dinner for my family. Oh, dang, because that's how I live out my vocation. No, that's amazing. I love it. Um, by forming without, intentional children. Yep, intentional children. <laughs> Fruitful childrenship. Without poverty of spirit, there can be no abundance of God. Dang. Mm. I'm going to get that tattooed. You should. Where? Uh, on my forehead, probably. <laughs> I love it. Like the that's, symbol that's, of Christ. You can do like the post Malone, like under your eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's like without poverty or spirit on the left or the right eye, there's no abundance of God on the left eye. I want to get I like love- a ridiculously complicated quote tattooed on my knuckles. Like not something that's just eight letters, but something that's like <laughs> yeah. a, a, a word on each knuckle. I have like I have no tattoos currently, but I have like a lot of tattoos that I would like to get. Uh, but I always thought it'd be interesting to like get the nails of the cross tattooed in your palms. Ooh, I thought that'd be cool. That is kind of cool. I'm not gonna do that, but I think it'd be cool. I will eventually be getting the Sacred Immaculate Hearts tattooed somewhere. I'm thinking nice. my forearm. Nice. I want to get. Uh, I want to get the. Um, I have to get like, a good 
um, the the Greek version of it, but I want to get St. Basil where he says, uh, tear down the gloomy vaults of Mammon. Mm. Um, so Again, across your one. forehead. <laughs> yeah. All of these tattoos are going to be on my forehead because that's how you evangelize. <laughs> Very in your face. If you don't have a or in your head, face. <laughs> if, you, if you don't have a Christian tattoo on your forehead, you're not really trying. That's the that's the concluding uh, message of this podcast. If you don't, if you take anything away, take away that you have to get a tattoo on your forehead in order to uh, evangelize properly. I think that should be the uh, the title of the episode: "Get a tattoo on your forehead." <laughs> and that way they have to listen to the end because they'll be they'll be hooked. And be like, "Why? Like, what is it?" <laughs> and they they listen to the very end. They're like, "Oh, it was just a bit." Yep. Awesome. I love you guys. Well, Jake, hey, we love you too. We love you. Where where can the people find you so that they can love you too? Uh, at Dadanista on Twitter. D a d a d i n i s t a. That's it. That's the only place. And that's it. That's his only. That's his only shtick. That's where I live. <laughs> this was really great. I'm glad that that you got to come back on. I'm glad we were able to make it work with your schedule. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad it worked out because. Uh, it all started out as a joke. I just wanted to talk to you guys. Um, but apparently the only way we get to talk to you guys is by being on your podcast. That's can, the only time that talk. Ethan and I know we're going to be in the same place at the same time. Yeah, it's yeah. true. We, we well, now podcast. I have your phone number so I can just call you or you can call me. I don't understand how you didn't have my phone number. This whole time. I don't either. That was like a weird, that's a strange thing. But now I have Patrick. it and I can text you because you always say your friends text you. So I will. Yeah. I've had it the whole Pat, time. Pat's had my phone number for like, like over I a just, year. I feel weird about asking people on Twitter for their phone numbers. It took me probably two years of being friends with Lauren before I asked her for a phone number for fear of being creepy. Yeah. It sounds creepy. That's why you're still single. Okay. (laughs) I mean, dating fast. It's fair. It's fair. I was the one who gave Ethan my phone number because he was like, want to do a podcast? And I was like, sure. And then I just immediately texted my phone number blind and just like who, I don't know who you are, but here's some detailed information about me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Love it. Uh, Jake, is there anything else you want to tell the people before you go make dinner for your family? Um, I would like to tell them that they should download the crunch new episodes every Sunday. <sighs> I that love means it. so much. Ethan. Uh, actually, wait, 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 wait. I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't know if you guys are still doing this, but I'm, I'm very upset that I've been on now twice and I haven't been in the crunch ball. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. You're right. <laughs> Dang it. We just, Oh Jake, no. Jake last name. Are you ready to get in the crunch bowl? <laughs> we don't consider you a guest. We consider you a friend. Oh, thank you. That's nice. I still want to be in the crunch bowl. Would you? Okay. Yeah. Put him, put him in the bowl. Put him in the crunch bowl. All right. All right. Jake, Jake last name. Very important question for you. Are you ready to get in the crunch bowl? Yes. All right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's just preliminary crunch bowl. All right. All right. All right. First of all, first things first, what is your favorite cereal? Peanut butter crunch. Hey, it has our name in it. That's nice. We finally got what? we finally got Captain Crunch in the calf at school, and now I can't stop eating it, and I have heart problems. On nice. my way. Um, Jake, would you rather poop a watermelon or pee a marble? Uh, poop a watermelon. Attaboy. There we go. And final question: Would you rather be? Would you rather change gender every time you sneeze, or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby? Gender isn't real, so it doesn't matter. Hey, there <laughs> we go. That's the first time we've heard that. It's a it's a fluid muffin. It's a fluid muffin. <laughs> uh, would you rather have a butthole in your forehead or ears on your butt cheeks? Uh, I already have a butthole on my, on my forehead. It's on my mouth. In my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for participating in. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, All right. We need to get some new crunch bowl questions. <laughs> we do. Just classic. Like, we can't. I don't know what else to what else we would do. Um, anyway, Jake, thank you for coming on. Yep. 
Appreciate it. I will. Uh, I'll try to figure out a way to get your tweets directly to my phone. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a good idea. All my tweets are good. Yeah, I, I know they are. <laughs> Everybody follow Jacob. Everybody listen to our podcast. Patrick, you have anything for the people? I have nothing for the people except thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Crunch Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.